0: Yes, it is, Tonch. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody's well. It is. It's the last one of. Uh, it's been a long year, Tonch uh, with, with everything that's gone on, and uh, we've decided that uh, it's time we had a bit of a a bit of a break. So uh, tonight we've got a fantastic lineup, and uh, and unfortunately it's our last show for for the
1: year.
2: Yeah, good. Thanks, Tonchi. And uh, there's a few comments coming in saying they might not be able to hear us. So if you can hear me now, just pop a little tick, uh, thumbs up in the comments so we know that you can hear us. But, yeah, doing well, mate. Actually, um... oops, I'm getting my sound back in reverberation. (laughs) Sounds like we're... Yep.
0: Yeah, it's all good. All good. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great one to finish off. A lot of guests, so we're going to keep things. uh, Pretty, pretty smart with the timers tonight. No going off uh, off piste, and because uh, we've got a, a lot to get in 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 a short space of time. But some uh, fantastic guests. You know, first up, uh, we've got uh, the current or the new role for um, ex uh, A League legend in, in coach uh, and now the FCA ambassador um, Ernie Merrick is going to be joining us, and that'll be a, an interesting chat with Ernie. Um we'll then jump over to the uh, CEO of Western United, uh, Chris Pelavanis. He's going to jump on and, and have a chat with us about uh, how things are up at, um, up at Western United. Um, just after Chris, we've got um, Western United, uh, Jungen. Uh, Noah Bottich is going to join us and he's going to have a chat about his time at the club and uh, his, I suppose, expectations for the year. Um, just after that, if that's not enough for you, we've got... Uh, I suppose uh, very friend of the show now, ex FoxTEL and new Paramount Plus and Channel Ten commentator Simon Hill is going to be joining us. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about the new the new franchise and uh, and obviously his beloved Manchester City uh, beating Manchester United last night. I'm sure he'll have a, a few comments to say on that. And then. Right at the end, uh, we'll finish off with, um, you know, the guy that really supported us from from day one. And uh, if it wasn't for Mark, and I know he's on you um, quite a bit, um, but if it wasn't for Mark and, um, and the George Cross Football Club, we wouldn't be able to do this show. So we're going to leave the last word, as always, uh, to El Presidente himself, Mark Sultana. He's going to be on about quarter past eight this evening.
3: Oh,
2: it's just too many to name. We've had some great guests from all over the world talking about all kinds of things. We have Tom Byers on recently talking about football starts at home with the young kids. That was one of my highlights. I thought that was um, pretty good. As I've got a uh, got a young niece now over in America, and she's already trying to be taught bicycle kicks by my brother while she's lying down on the on the mat on the floor there. So, yeah, um, that was a good one. I thought. What about uh, what about you guys?
0: Yeah, Much the same, I think. Yeah, I think there's just been a lot of we've had some real good guests, um, on this year. I think it's really hard to really, really hard to pick anybody because everybody that we've got on, we've we've sort of made a point of having them on for various reasons. Whether it was, mm. um, Damien Rodin the other week talking about you know, um, strength and conditioning in his role, mm. um, to 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 have in you know, um, um. Western United's, you know, um, Carl Robinson on and 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 Western United's uh, coach, and it's yeah, there's it, just been so many, and it's uh, it just shows that we've uh, we've come a long way in the three years that we can uh, get the likes of uh, of the guests like Ernie and and Simon uh, coming on the show and uh, and having a chat with us.
2: Yeah. All right. So let's start with the news desk for what are we? Sunday, the seventh of uh, November, twenty
0: twenty-one. Al. Oh, sounds has gone. No. No. Yeah. We. Nobody can hear you, Tom. So. Can, Steve can you can you hear anything at all no you can hear but yeah sorry about this ladies and gents we'll uh, we'll get back to you as quick as we can obviously uh Tons you, you has done something in the background all. tonight no, and, uh, you can hear yeah. but, yeah no. sorry about this ladies and gents we'll uh, we'll get back to you as quick as we can <laughs> obviously uh gremlin tonight but, uh, you can hear yeah. but, yeah, no.
4: sorry about this, ladies and gents. We'll uh, we'll get back to you as quick as we can. Obviously, special sorry about this, ladies and gents. We'll, uh,
0: we'll get back to you as quick as we can. Obviously, This is going well. There we go. You're back, Steve. All right. You're back, but all I can
2: hear is the same I, comment. I'm yep, just hearing reverb in, on, in my long. ears. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hopefully, we're back in. Back on now is hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. Look, we'll push on. We'll go through those yep. uh, results last night from the EPL. Southampton second win in a row for them. One nil over Aston Villa. Chelsea held by Burnley, so a surprise result there. Chelsea have been the form team of late. Crystal Palace continued some good form there. Two uh, 0 over Wolves. Uh, the big Manchester derby. manned City getting the win at Old Trafford. Two goals to nil uh Norwich 2-1 winners over Brentford but uh their coach uh Daniel Farker was sacked after the game for his oh, efforts that's,
0: so that's mad, not ideal he's, he's waited he's waited 21 league games for a win they get a win yeah. and they suck your coach it's just bonkers yeah. football's mad
2: it's gone mad isn't it he's inside celebrating mad. a win against a, a good Brentford side too and uh yeah he's given the marching orders yeah. so there you two go Promotions.
0: Two promotions in his four and a half years, one win in 21 in the big league and get sacked. Fancy that.
2: Outrageous. There you go. Uh, Brighton, who'd been pretty good lately, they were held by Newcastle. Uh, Brighton, who had a had a goalkeeper sent off, of course, there. So one all there between Brighton and Newcastle. And I think that's all the matches overnight. Tonight coming up, 1 a.m. games, Everton, Tottenham. Obviously, a lot of excitement around uh, Tottenham, how they'll go. Will there be a new manager bounce there or not? Leeds United, Leicester City, Arsenal, Watford, and a little later, one of the games that around West Ham and Liverpool at 3:30 a.m. Set your alarm if you're a, a Hammers fan or a Liverpool fan. I guess there. Okay, guys, can you hear
1: me now? We yes. Ah, uh, there we go. Great stuff. Okay, there's the ladder, folks. So there you go. Uh, Liverpool and West Ham have got a game in hand, um, and Chelsea sitting pretty at the top of the competition standings. And looking at the other end, Steve, the um, bottom end, bottom ten of the. Uh, EPL.
2: Yep, so we got Burnley and Newcastle and Norwich still sitting in the uh, in the relegation zone there, Leeds and Watford with games tonight as well as Everton and Leicester all hoping to move up the table with wins tonight.
0: Yeah, the one shock in there I suppose and uh, I don't know whether you watched the Southampton and Villa game but Villa were awful. Mm. Um, I don't know what's gone 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 on there but um since since Grealish has gone they've certainly Gone, uh, gone right down, and their their football against Southampton was horrendous. They're they're in trouble, Villa. I think.
2: Yeah. Yep. The- Southampton being good at picking up some clean sheets as well, so they're doing all right at the moment yep. uh, with the resources that they have. Now, uh, will we move on to some Syria, Tonchi?
1: Yes, we will. There's the results there from overnight games played, Steve.
2: Yeah, so uh, Santino Mimone in the comments. Big smile on his face tonight because Juventus got the 1-0 home win over a 10-man Fiontina side. An exciting one at Empoli 2-2 with Genoa. Spezia got a uh, gritty 1-0 win over Torino. Atalanta uh, backing up their Champions League result against Manu during the week. They got a 2-1 win away at Calgary. Kicking off tonight, we've got a whole raft of games. The early one for you who want to tune in on KO or be in Venezia, Roma at 10.30. And at 1 a.m., Sampdoria, Bologna, uh, Udinese, Sassolo, uh, Napoli, Verona, Lazio, Salernitana. And the big one, the Milan derby at 6.45 a.m., one to get up for, I think, the Milan and Inter should be a good one.
1: Craig, take a look at the ladder, um, the top top, top half of the uh, uh, Serie A ladder.
2: Yeah, uh, Napoli uh,
0: and obviously Milan. Who um, our good friend Dan Pagnocolo was uh, was at the game in midweek. He went to watch uh, Milan. I think they played Porto. Did they in in midweek? I think so uh, he was he was at that game. Um, yeah, it's the uh, it's the it's the normal uh, normal top uh, top of the table there in Serie A. Napoli um, doing very well up there with thirty one points. Um, but it's luck is still very tight at the you know at the top there from th- three down to. Eight, nine—it's—it's um, it's still very close, but there's a big gap opening up between uh, Milan and Inter, isn't this? So, you know, seven points—that's a big uh, gap
2: after eleven games. Yeah, two horse race at the moment there, so we'll yep. see how that plays out. Juve still a little bit of work to do to try and move up the table.
1: <laughs> and the, and at the foot of the or at the other end of the table, I guess um, it's very congested. Um, we've got three teams on on nine points there: Genoa and sixteenth, Sampdoria, seventeenth. And then Venezia in, in 18th spot, the Sampdoria Venezia and Saler, Salernitana have got a game in hand. And then Cagliari down the bottom at six points. Look, uh, a, a good res, a good series of, of wins or good series of games for any of those teams could quite easily see them, um, you know, catapult almost into the mid part of the um, uh, competition standing. So, look, even after round uh, 11 completed rounds and, and almost 12 completed rounds, Um, it's still you know anyone's going at that wrong end of the table but uh i guess we're more interested in what's happening up the other end of the table and uh yeah definitely napoli and milan at the moment looking really really good um going neck for neck up at the top of the competition standings in Serie A. uh let's move along to the rest of the news um steve what else is happening um well more locally i suppose
2: yeah, do we want to go to the Socceroos squad who are preparing for a match <clears throat> on home soil against Saudi Arabia? And it's for the first time since they played Nepal in Canberra in two thousand and nineteen. So huge, huge uh, weight for this one. And tickets are selling like hotcakes. I think so certain sections of the uh, the ground there at Western Sydney have already sold out. So, uh, and I think it's going to be about capacity of thirty thousand there too. Roaring mm-hmm. for the Socceroos. We know Saudi Arabia has got a couple of injury concerns to key players and. Hopefully, uh, that home ground advantage and given that a lot of these Asian Confederation teams don't travel that well to Australia, despite them being top of the group, we should go in favourites. We do have a couple of concerns. No Aaron Moy, Adam Taggart or Tommy Rogic in this one. The interesting inclusion that everyone's talking about is midfielder Gianni Stensnes, plays for Norwegian club Viking, former CC Mariner. Um once scored a cracking goal down here at GMHBA Stadium two against Western United, um, he's been added to the Socceroos for the first time after putting his allegiances to Australia over New Zealand, who he represented as a youth player. So we're looking forward to seeing how Gianni's denseness goes if he gets uh, a call up there. And obviously we've got a couple of A-League based players coming into the squad as well, a trio from Melbourne City. So yeah, looking forward to seeing if the uh, A-League guys get a get a run. How they handle the action. Obviously they'll be lacking a bit of uh, competitive. Minutes, but they've certainly been playing an extensive amount of uh, practice games lately.
1: And there's the ladder there, the, there are the standings. So, putting that into perspective, um, Thursday's game is going to be a very, very important one for Australia mm-hmm. um, on the back of that, 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 um, well, loss to Japan in Japan um, in their last game. So, Saudi Arabia, full games, four wins, 12 points. Uh, Australia, three wins, one loss. Uh, goal difference is the same. Um, so even a minimal result, um, we'll see Australia jump back up into um, into top spot. Uh, but yeah, crucial game. In, cru- in fact, crucial two games for the Socceroos. I know, um, Craig, there's, there's still another, what, six games to go. So it's still early days yet. But yeah, they can't afford to sort of repeat the result of the game against Japan, can they?
0: No, they're going to be, uh, they, they might be in a bit of trouble if, if they do. I think uh, yeah. being on home ground, uh, home soil for the first time in a long time with a big crowd behind them in in Sydney, I think we'll, uh, we'll uh, spur these guys on and uh, hopefully they'll come home with the uh, with the, the much
2: needed three points. That's yeah. it. That's it. And a bit of a logistical challenge too, because obviously playing China just a few days later on Tuesday the 16th, that match has uh, been shifted to the UAE. We played in Sharjah due to COVID issues in China. So um, I guess we can only get some advantage out of that, but it will be a challenge with so many time zones in such a short amount of time, but I'm sure that yeah. the, the uh, conditioning staff will prepare um, Australia's players as good as anyone else can. So fingers crossed we can uh, maybe get six points from the two games. Yeah, uh,
1: Steve. Moving along now to the FFA Cup. There was a game played overnight, um, but there's a huge amount of games being played over the next um, oh, over the next seven days. But let's uh, let's start off with uh, um, last night's result.
2: Yeah, last night out at Mount Druitt, out in uh, Western Sydney, there. Mount Druitt Town Rangers. They uh, put in a good performance for large parts of this game, but were unable to convert any of uh, their chances, of which a few were. Uh, almost open nets from within six yards out, but uh, yeah, Luke Wilkshire's Wollongong Wolves side, they got the job done there. You can see them there wearing their splendid looking uh, Indigenous jersey that they wore for this one. 3-0 winners, they go through to the next round. And uh, this Wednesday night, we've got our first uh, competitive match of football since in Victoria since uh, the mm. 1st of August as Hume City host Port Melbourne in their round of 32 match out at ABD Stadium. Uh, On the same night, up in uh, northern New South Wales, Broadmeadow Magic against Western Sydney Wanderers. And the big one coming up friday south melbourne hosting melbourne city obviously melbourne city will be without their socceroos players for that one but that will still be a very exciting encounter at lakeside as we've got the uh you know the a-league champions against the uh, the former oceania club of the year so breaking rights at stake there uh this saturday blacktown city and central coast mariners along with hamilton olympic and macarthur so another npl versus a-league fixture there uh, t- we are also got the Tigers versus Apia Leichhardt Tigers, so a Tiger derby coming up on the 24th as well as Sydney Olympic versus Sydney FC those playoff matches between Western United and Newcastle Jets along with Perth Glory and Melbourne Victory have now been fixtured, so this Saturday night at GMHBA Stadium, it's Western United and Newcastle Jets, and finally, due to a lot of border issues we've got that Perth Glory and Victory game, it's going to be on the 24th of November, they're going to meet in the middle and play in Adelaide, so Heaps Illigo. and heaps of games coming up there. Well, we'll be
1: able to speak to um, one of our guests, Chris Palavanis and Noah Botich, um from Western United about Saturday night's game at um, HBA Stadium. And according to our man Santino, who does work at um, HBA Stadium, works in the logisticals department there, I believe. Um, he tells us in the comments section that there was actually a friendly last night under lights. Uh, Melbourne Victory took on uh, Craig, your old club, North Geelong Warriors. Um, Santino saying 10 0 was the result, which I suppose is no surprise because North Geelong haven't played for about six months now, or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, look, um, a lot of a lot of um, um, FFA Cup action happening over the next six seven days. That Friday night one is going to be a good one, one. not it? South Melbourne versus uh, versus Melbourne City at Lakeside Stadium.
2: Yeah, it should be great. And uh, if that's the end of the FA Cup, just quickly as well, before we move into our first guest, the Matildas, two friendlies against the United States, the first time the US women's Mm -hmm. national team's been out to Australian soil since their silver medal in the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Those matches, unfortunately for us Victorians down here, no bias at all, um, they're both in New South Wales, one kicking off at uh, Stadium Australia, so looking to break the uh, all-time female football crowd attendance at that game if they can. That's on the 27th of November on the Saturday. And then on the Tuesday, the 30th, they're off to Newcastle to play at McDonald Jones Stadium. Those matches are live and free on Channel 10 if you can't get up there. But uh, obviously with the borders open now, we can travel up if we want to go and watch our national teams. And uh, the the Federation has told us that they will look to share around the games in the coming months as they uh, are scheduled next year. So hopefully we can get some Socceroos, Matildas here in Melbourne. And we, uh, we certainly deserve that, I feel. And if you're not able to travel interstate and watch that game, well, you'll be
1: able to watch it on Channel Ten and on um, uh, Paramount Plus. And w- the, well, the, the the main commentator from that um, uh, network will be joining us a little later on, Simon Hill. We're looking forward to that. Um, but we're going to take a break, folks. When we return, it's time for our first guest. And uh, before we do do that, Craig, you have been nominated the official timekeeper. And I'm told you're going to be very brutal, Daddy Fun. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I am going to. Cut, I am going to cut you off tonight, Tonchi. If yeah. you talk and you go on, to I'm just going to cut you off, mate. So most of the listeners who commentate know that Tonchi does like to rabbit, <laughs> uh, but there won't be any rabbit tonight. It'll be.
5: you will be coming
2: rabbit rabbit uh, Something. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as you get one of them, it's time number to move on. <laughs> I've been
1: put on notice. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Here's some uh, here's some uh, a word of word from our sponsors, and when we return, it will be the um, the newly appointed um, FCA ambassador um, and former um, A League and cell coaching legend Ernie Merrick. He'll be joining us. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back.
3: Looking for a venue for your next event. Our Function Room at George's on Vista is the perfect place for your next special celebration. That special birthday or anniversary, a baptism, communion or confirmation, whatever the celebration, we can provide a fun and enjoyable atmosphere with great food. Why not hold your next corporate event in our Function Room? We can seat up to 100 people and can provide you with a professional environment. Whether you're looking to hold a stand-up or sit-down event, we can cater to your needs. We have meal plans and platters for you to choose from. For more information, send an email to info at georgesonvista.com.au. There's no better place out west to hold your next function than at George's on Vista. 46 City Vista Court, Fraser Rise, Plumpton.
1: Welcome back to the uh, Football Outwear Show. Absolute pleasure to have your company. It is episode eighty of of the Football Outwear Show, and it's uh, time for our first guest, Craig. Um, did you want to introduce our our um, our next guest, please?
0: I can't. Uh, yeah, very pleased to uh, to welcome uh, Premiership, Championship-winning A League men's coach and now the Football Coaches of Australia ambassador, the legend that is Ernie Merrick. Good evening, Ernie. How are you?
4: I'm good, lads. How are you lot? Very, very good. Well, Thanks for, very well. uh, for
0: joining us this evening. I know you've got a uh, family barbecue or some friends over for a barbecue. So really, really appreciate you giving up uh, ten minutes of your time to uh, to come on and have a chat with us.
4: No problems, except I think I've broken the Australian rules. I'm drinking red wine rather than beer at a barbecue. I believe that's <laughs> normal. Well, but that's healthy, isn't it? <laughs>
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> One glass of red wine a day. One glass, yes. Yeah, right. um, Keep Ernie, the doctor away. Ernie, we had Gary Cole, um, the, um, the chairman of, or the executive of the um, of the Football Coaches Australia on our show just um, the other week. Um, a lot of exciting things happening there, obviously with the FCA. And your recent appointment, which was made public during the week, is one of those, obviously. Uh, ambassador, what does that role involve as an, an ambassador for the Football Coaches Australia?
4: Well, it's great to see that uh, a number of people got together and provided some support and helped provide support for coaches throughout Australia, community and professional coaches. So, Phil Moss is the chairman, Glenn Worry, the CEO, Gary Cole's on the, the board. And um, we're trying to assist coaches in a range of areas, advocacy is being one, but my main area, of course, is coach development professional development. And at the moment we're running some webinars to assist the de- development of coaches.
2: Very good. Um, now, just another question uh, for you, Ernie, maybe from left field. I'm not sure if you've caught up with uh, the Ted Lasso TV series at all, but um, certainly, um, you know, not serious stuff, not, um, not directly football related and certainly drama and comedy, but is there any lessons that could be taken out of that for uh, coaches in Australia?
4: I think I wrote a little article on LinkedIn about that. Uh, I just, I I, I got told to watch it by several people. And I said, no, no, it's all, I don't, I can't stand the American stuff. And they said, no, it's actually, it's British. And uh, sure, the main actor is an American and he's a bit cheesy. But I really enjoyed the whole two series of it. I watched every bit of it. And there's definitely a message there. And it's about relationships with players, even Nate and <laughs> the show who could be a bit difficult to deal with. But I just, I just thought that coaching is really about dealing with people more than coaching skills, and it's about supporting them, empathising with them, seeing things from their point of view, and uh, giving more praise than criticism. Because when I first started, which was quite a few years ago, I thought it was all about gaining respect through fear and shouting at people, and I did that for about 10 years And then I mellowed somewhat. I think Gary Cole helped me mellow at uh, uh, the second year in particular at um, Melbourne Victory. But there's definitely a message there, and it's about relating to people and doing the right thing.
0: And is that one of the biggest challenges now for a coach, is that communication side of it? Is that becoming more and more important in the game Uh, now, Gabe? Because if you look at this, for instance, we look at... Manchester United and the number of stars that they have in 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 that team and the egos must, that must, and everybody's criticising uh, Oli uh, for for what he's doing there. But how how important is that communication side now with with players compared to what it was going back 10, 15 years ago?
4: I think it's critical, Craig, and and you would probably have some stories about British football and some of the behavior of managers and some of the things they got up to. Um, I think things have changed. There's no doubt that the management of people is almost more important than the technical, tactical aspect of the game. But the coach has to stamp his style of play, whether it be a very attacking st- style of football or a defensive style or something in between. And uh, strategy, he lays down a the law there. But with so many coaches, even Klopp, he, he's the first person to appoint a coach to take care of throw-ins. Can you imagine the money and the budget he's got? But um, yeah. you you delegate the responsibility to a lot of those roles and and passing on the, the skills, the technique, working on the strikers, defenders, midfielders, goalkeepers, etc. But the bottom line is the coach has got to have a terrific relationship with all the players and all the staff, and that's probably the biggest part of the job. And all the Going to source it, in that job. I mean, how many have been sacked? I'd love to be sacked from Manchester United and walk away with twenty million on a four-year contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I hope, I hope that they persist with him. A lot of people don't realise that uh, Alec Ferguson, Sir Alec, he was seven years before he won a premiership, and he spent a lot of money. But they persisted with him, and uh, Bobby Charlton had a lot to do with that. And so after seven years, they were just so successful from then on, but it took seven years, similar to many other codes like Palmer Thompson and AFL football in Geelong and um, Damian Hardwick at Richmond. You need time to embed the strategy. You need time to get the culture right, the behaviors right, and the the mental attitude uh, is appropriate to win games on a consistent basis.
1: Now, Ernie, I've been told that I've got to keep us succinct tonight or else I'm going to be cut off by the, uh, the, by the timekeeper, Craig. So I'll try and keep this very quick. Um, one of our major sponsors is Caroline Springs George Cross. Now, you had a very, very um, um, you know a, a memorable time at George Cross back then when it was Sunshine George Cross. And one of the young players that you introduced was none other than Kevin Musket at the ripe old age of 16 years of age. The players back then, like Muskie and, and what you're not, and the players, the young players today, is there a difference in their approach to the game, their mental hardness, toughness? Uh, you've seen a lot. Is, uh, are the similarities the same or are they, the differences significant?
4: I, I think they're the same. If anything, there was a bit more persistence and resilience early on because there weren't many opportunities and the clubs were all part-time. It's interesting how I, I finished up with Kevin and the team. I went out to uh, uh, Kit Greken and Ian Greener, who were assistant coaches, and I said, Kit, you've got the reserve team. I really need a defender. I need someone to help all these young boys because we'd signed such a young team, a lot of them straight out of the AIS, like Lawrence Kentner, Frank Talia, both Foster brothers, Craig and Paul Foster. I mean, when you think about that team, Ernie Tapai, Gary Hasler, David Clarkson, it was a great, great young team, but very difficult to keep them all at the club. So we were a defender shot. So Kit explained that he he had this really tough defender and uh, he he would send them over to me. So I'm waiting outside the change rooms and I'm imagining this huge, big, gigantic character wandering down. And I thought, if if it's the right character, we're going to do well because we're close to being relegated. Anyway, as I'm looking down the tunnel for this player to come out, there's someone sort of pulling at my shirt and i go and say hang on a minute son i'm just waiting on someone he says it's me i said who he says i'm kevin muskett i'm the one you're waiting on now he was built like a splinter he was built like a bicycle frame and he was about five foot four inches tall and he was 16 years old and i goes oh kit you've made a big mistake here ian greener we've got to fix this it must be someone with a bit of height and weight and strength and knows how to tackle what a mistake i made (laughs) (laughs) so he made his debut and he did really well and he was a major part of keeping his up that year and then he went off to the AIS but there was another player that that should be mentioned a fullback that I signed from South Melbourne and he was just a fantastic fullback but he was too quick and loved to score goals at training so I took him from being a fullback and I said look you're too good get up front and see if you can score some goals he became the highest goal scorer in the whole of the NSL. His name was Damien Mori. So what a team. Wow. Imagine keeping them oh, together wow. for seven years. It would have been a fantastic team. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at George Cross. I was there for a season and a half, which was a record at that club, I think. As <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the NSL clubs. And there was yeah. no payout for me like, yeah. like uh, Mourinho got from... I think yeah. Mourinho got £40 million pounds from from uh, Manchester United. So, anyway, those were the days.
0: It? it was great fun. Yeah, well, your, your time might not be up at George Cross, actually, uh, Ernie, because um, <laughs> I'm actually looking for a, uh, for an assistant to help me with my, with the reserve team back at George Cross. I'm the coach there this year, and, and I'm desperate need of an <laughs> um, assistant coach. So, If you fancy getting the
4: tracksuit back on and coming up <laughs> to City Vista, you're more than welcome. I'll definitely come up and watch a game or two. I, I'm, I'm hoping to spend a bit of time in the... the FA Cup. Watch some games. Uh, I think the Premier. The uh, what is it called now? It used to be called the State League. It's called N P L One. And I want to. Sp- I want to spend. A- I went to my old club who played N P L Three, Dufton uh, and watched them play. I had a great time. And some of the players did really well. It's just getting the right breaks at the right time, I guess. So you'll see me around, no doubt.
1: Perfect. Absolutely, uh, Ernie. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a we've got an action packed show tonight. You're, you're the first guest of five guests, so we're going to have to unfortunately let you go. But you're probably thinking, Great, now I can get back to my beer, beer, sorry, my your wine and um, your barbecue. So, uh, thank you once again for joining us and all the very, very best in your new role as the ambassador for the Football Coaches Australia.
4: Thanks, boys, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Ernie, the all the f- best. Thanks, Ernie. It's all ours. Enjoy the Good bar on you.
1: cheers. A great character of the game, and gee, he's 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 got some phenomenal phenomenal experience, uh, gents. Now our next two guests are from Western United. We're still waiting for them to pop up in the green room. So what we might do, um, Craig, you you'll jump off and and, and and try and get the the guys on 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 the on the line. In the meantime, we may just they've um, like just dropped a movie, a video, or something like that. Or actually, Chris is about to come on, so we'll, we we'll rush him on. Yep, he's about to come on, and uh, Chris Palavanas is. Sh- Steps into the green room and straight into our into the um into the uh the hot seat, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show tonight, Chris. Welcome to the football out west. Welcome, guys, and
6: uh, we're on the eve of another season, exciting, and get to see football again. We've all missed it. We're all craving now, football.
1: Now it's um it's it is an exciting time, but mate, I think the last time we had you on the show, you had far less grey hairs than you do now. Has it been a very stressful off season for you? Has it? <laughs>
6: uh, no, it's actually been uh, a very fruitful off season. Um, we've made a lot of significant changes at the club, and yep. uh, all for the better. And and it's uh it's amazing um, the culture and the environment, how much you can shift it in the small time to- in a short period of time, and. And we've set it all up and, and I think we're in a good place. You know, I don't know if it'll result into wins or losses. You can never tell that, but I mm-hmm. uh, couldn't be more excited about where the organization and the club's heading in the, um, in the, um, for the start of this season. And, yeah, we've brought some quality you know, people in the back rooms, quality staff, quality players. So I think um, we're showing our intentions of being an aspirational club. Um, I think we're showing the whole community that we're a club that's going to be ambitious.
2: And Chris, this this season the club's going to be letting children into the ground for free for every home game. Do you want to talk a bit about the decision? How, was it an easy decision to make?
6: Yeah, it was an easy decision because um, I think back to Toncho's question before, my hair's gone grey. I think everyone's kind of quite tough in terms of homeschooling, quarantine, the kids haven't been able to get to play football, they haven't been able to get to an events, and I think this was our way of giving something back to the community by saying to the kids in the West and all the kids that love football in, in, in Victoria, come along to our games for free and make it a place that they want to come and enjoy, you know, um, and try the A-League and try football and come with your friends and, and you know, you know, use it, coaches can use it as educational. Um, you know, they can come there and they can watch the A-League play and, you know, hopefully improves them as players and, and they have a good, good night out. So, yeah. Um, I think it's uh, important that um, we give back to the community in that way, and that was was an easy decision to be honest.
0: Yeah, look, I'm surprised um, I'm surprised a lot more clubs don't go down this road because you know, to give a kid's ticket away, is nothing but then you've got the pay and adults coming in that also then put you, you go into your shop they put money behind the bar you know I, I don't understand why a lot more teams don't do it um, I think it's a great incentive because it's you know I know I've seen it on a couple of times on social media this year it's around trying to get 10,000 members um, I think that's the goal isn't it for the club
6: yeah so we've got a goal last year I think we got to about seven and a half so we're trying to get to 10,000 members this year um, and you're right, um, Craig. It is important to give people an opportunity to come to the games and and give these kids and, and look, our stadiums are massive, so um, it's not like we don't have the supply. So the more kids that come, the better off, and they're going to be your future generation supporters. Yeah, so I, yeah. think that, um, uh, I think it's important that I think it's important that they get on board, and and you know what, they're going to invest. You know, you, they're going to buy merchandise. They're going to want to come again. they want to gonna They want to in a couple of years. They might want to buy a membership. So. Um, I think it's only positive, and hopefully, um, more kids will come to the games, and we see you, you know with uh, a bigger crowds um, this year. Yeah,
0: yeah well, part, yeah. Of, part of that, sorry, Tonch, part of that is about you know the story and building the story, and you know getting those ten thousand members. and And the club have posted a video of, uh, just thirty minutes ago uh, around being part of the club. And I think Tonch has got it in the background, just a, mm-hmm. um, a a two minute video. If you don't mind us playing that. Yeah, play it. I mean, uh, I can give you a little bit of background on... I'll go for it. We'll talk about it later. Do you want to put the server on
7: time? Hey! You bros! Are you serious? You're kidding me! You are kidding me! Sit! All of you! Patel! Where do you think you're going?
5: I've got to pee, Mrs. Queen. The game starts in five. Sit
7: down and don't interrupt. Coach thinks you've forgotten what you all belong to Where you've come from And you know what? I agree with Coach You fellas have lost your heads oh, I have been club president since the year 2065 But I have worked for this team since I was in high school That's 50 years Anybody else been here 50 years? Hmm? You have no idea of the privilege you were born into when you signed for this club But it didn't start like that Not even close Kings of the a Ha! Not how I remember it. 2019, our first season. The team had to play on some Australian football fields, while us staff members froze numb training out of City Vista. And then out of nowhere, BAM! COVID-19 kicks us in the guts. Who's COVID-19? You boys get nervous playing here at Wyndham City Stadium, heaving with 40,000 maniacal fans. Well, try lining up with just a sliver of green and black, pressed by an otherwise sea of blue and white victory supporters. Uh, who were the victory? Who were the victory? Ah! Just as the West grew, so did this team. New people needed new heroes and the club stood up. Before anyone knew it, you couldn't step foot this side of the Yarra without seeing a, a, a recycled building, hover bike or uh, oh, one of those thingies. Astro, an Astro bus decked out in that unmistakable green. So if you think the 2068 title will just come to you on a platter, then you'd better think again. Your fame was built on the backs of real people. Honest people. Hard-working people who saw the future, bit their lip and seized it with both hands. And I should know because I was there.
1: Well, there you go. Well, uh, that was a very interesting way to do a season We need an applause button, I think, Tonchi. I think so. I think so, absolutely. Jeez, that was really interesting, really good. Um Lots happening behind the scenes, as you mentioned, Chris, um, and, and that's probably obviously one of the, the um I guess, one of the um, innovations as well um, as far as the marketing is going. But another one is that everyone who does set a sign up to a, a particular type of membership also gets the Paramount Plus subscription um, as well. Um, is that across the board or is that just something that Western United have done?
6: Yeah, that was another initiative of ours um uh, to, you know, for, for members that sign up on seven plus memberships, so seven yeah. games or more, they get a subscription to Paramount Plus. Um, we think being a supporter is not just coming to the ground, you know, when we play away, we want our supporters to be at home watching um, watching the team and supporting them because that's how you grow meaningful connection. That's how you, you know, I see some commenter, Like one of the guests, Maxi Sentich, said about you know the, a real connection to the club and, and priceless. Mm-hmm. We want to leave those experiences, it's not just about you know, a transaction and getting them to come to the game. So that's, we don't want to be that. We want to be a club that it provides a, uh, that you know, um, that provides meaningful connections and and and, and real, real um, value to their members. So um, that's, you know, this is another way of us providing and no, not all clubs are doing it, but uh, it's important for us um, to grow the club in that way. So that's why we're doing
2: it. Brilliant. and uh chris a few people have been asking me about what's happening around the, the stadium site have we got a bit of an update for the for the fans and members about that one
6: yeah look things are progressing really well we're just working through some final um planning stuff with the local council but i think as we get into the start i'm not going to take the limelight because there's going to be massive announcements coming up leading the lead up to the season mm-hmm. um, and and i think um, the fans and the members, and everyone's going to see it because we're going to have some live pictures from the site. And, um, we're working through that now to create some, you know, what are they call time capsules where you, 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 every month you can follow the progression. But we're working through all that now and, and some meaningful works get about to commence. I mean, on site works about to commence. Um, and, um, we'll have some first pictures for everyone from the site in, in due course, but we're not too far away. Uh, um, we're hoping, uh, in the lead up to round one, that will be um, some really positive announcements.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Now, um, the club have uh, recently moved from uh, from what was their home for the last few years up at uh, George Cross City Vista um, to uh, to a new uh, new base up at uh, up at the hangar, which is obviously shared with uh, Essendon. Uh, what was what was the reason behind that, Chris? How how did that come about, and, um, and yeah. what was the reason behind it?
6: We haven't actually left George Cross. So I should probably oh, just sorry, I didn't mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the problem was when we entered in the uh, the competition, um, we were one team. Already we've expanded to be, we've got three teams. Um, so we've got our A-League men's team. Um, we've got a license next year for our A-League women's team. And we've got two MPL teams and we're trying to expand that base as well. So um, the reason for the move was to make sure we can cater for all those games. So last year, if you recall, we played all our MPL three games away from home. That's not good for our players' development. That's not good for um, that's not good for for um, our brand, and it's not good for growing the club. So this year we'll be playing home games at um, George uh, Caroline Springs George Cross. Uh, um, so we'll be working there, and we'll be training out of there from our MPL. So um, the, it's really important that um, we build a meaningful base. Our women's team we have to prepare for that. So mm-hmm. um, May June next year we have to start training. We start preparing where we're going to play our games and, and where we're going to train. So, again, we're working with George Cross for potentially training there uh, and growing that presence there. So, it, it was just that we, the club grew. It's growing. Um, the other thing was our um, club at the moment, our admin is separated to our football department. We wanted to bring all that together for our culture and to make mm-hmm. everyone feel part of the journey. So, that's another thing from February. We're going to bring all that together. So, that's another big tick by moving to Essendon. So, until our facility is built, we thought we're going to probably the most elite facility in um, in in Melbourne from a training point of view, being the hangar. Um, and if you speak to any of our players anytime, um, they're glowing about it. And um, you know, uh, it's probably the best move, one of the best moves we have made in the off season uh, in terms of uh, providing our athletes and our staff with the best possible facilities to be um, to be successful. But um, I just want to reiterate, too, that um, our partnership with George Cross is stronger than ever. Uh, I know in this football world, people try and sometimes find reasons for us not to be. Um, We're going to work even closer with George Cross as we build. Um, They've been not only supportive, they've gone above and beyond for our club, and we'll always respect that. And hopefully, um, Mm -hmm. as we build, um, there'll be more opportunities for us to play there uh, and do... like We even considered to play our FFA Cup game there this week um, when we take on Newcastle, but... Just with all the restrictions it makes it a little bit harder you know we wouldn't have had that many fans being able to get there um it just made it all pretty difficult but they're the kind of things we'll do in the future once we open up again
1: yeah, fantastic. Now we've got a, a packed show and um, we've got young, the, the Western United new recruit, um, young Noah Bottich. He's in the green room ready to come on. Chris, we'd love to chat you to you more, but maybe early next year when we come back from our little bit of a break, um, we'd love to have you on the show um, from mid-February onwards. Uh, wishing you all the very, very best and really looking forward to um, watching how Western United develops as a club now in its uh, third third year of uh, of existence. So all the very best for that.
6: Thanks again guys, thanks for your support and um, I just encourage everyone to help us on our journey to 10,000 members and jump on and more importantly get your tickets for round one because it's going to be a big one and um, you know, we've got a limited capacity of 13,000 and we're going to nudge that. Um, tickets have probably been the strongest they've ever been in terms of uh, on sale. So please jump on quickly and uh, spread that message because it's important that um, we get everyone in there and uh, you know, create a great atmosphere.
0: I think the three of us will come down and have a, a bit of a night. What do you reckon, guys? Sounds like a
6: great Sounds idea.
2: To to me. Yep, No arguments here. Perfect. <laughs> uh, thanks for your, all your good work as well. All right.
1: Thanks, good luck.
0: Thanks, Chris. <laughs> all the best of the season. See ya.
1: Bye-bye. Cheers. Chris Palavanis, the Western United um, CEO, gents. We're going to take a quick break. I think um, um, we've got Noah, uh, young Noah Bhatti. He's, he's going to be an interesting um, uh, young guest. He's in the green room, ready to wait, um, ready to come on. But um, here's a here's a word from our sponsor. We do need to uh, um, um, support our sponsors who are supporting us. So uh, don't go away, folks. It's the Football Out West Show, um, episode number eighty.
3: Looking for the best in authentic Maltese cuisine? Then you need to dine at Georgie's on Vista. Situated in the heart of Fraser Eyes, you can't go wrong when it comes to family dining. We have a menu for mum and dad, one for the kids, and one for seniors. Everyone's taken care of. Don't miss our specialty nights. Tuesday night is Palmer night, where you get to choose from not one, but five different palmers. Wednesday night, kids eat free with every paying adult meal. Thursday night is Members Night, where members get the chance to win some great prizes. And Friday night, join us for happy hour between 5.30pm to 7.30pm. Jim, Johnny, Jack and their little brother Schooner are only $5 each. Looking to get an early start Friday afternoon for a punt? Our sports bar with TAB is open from 3pm Friday afternoons. To book your table, email info at georgesonvista.com.au. Bring the family and come dine at George's on Vista. 46 City Vista Court, Fraser Eyes, Plompton.
1: Welcome back to the Football Out West show, folks. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Now, we've had some great guests so far. We've had Ernie Merrick. We've had Chris Palavanis. And now um, we're going from the experience to the youth. It's um, Western United's, well, one of the first recruits in the offseason, uh, a youngster who, who really made his mark at the um, 2019 uh, World Youth Championships um, when he scored four goals for full in four games for the Joeys. And um, he is joining us now. Noah Bottage joins us. Um, and there he is uh, Noah. Good evening and welcome to the Football Outwear Show. How are you?
8: Not too bad, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Very good, mate. Very good. Very well.
1: if, I, if you could just move your camera just down a little bit, we can see you. Oh, oh that's better. That's better. No, <laughs> is that good? Much better, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Uh, now, Noah, you've um, you've you've you joined at Western United. Uh, you've been there for a few months now, so it's been a very kind of an interrupted preseason, obviously with COVID. But now we're back there. The the, the the season kicks off in effect this weekend with the FFA Cup game down in Geelong. Um, your your initial thoughts of the setup down at Western United and the squad for this year?
8: Yeah, we're looking very strong. Um, you know, obviously coming in a little bit sort of later into pre-season um you know always also bringing in a lot, a lot of sort of new new recru- recruits um foreign recruits as well um who have a lot, a lot of experience and stuff so I, re- I reckon will be an exciting team to watch and um i can't wait to, to get the season started
2: Mm-hmm. Now, Noah, just quickly a little bit about your time previously at Hoffenheim. Um, what was life like for you in Germany? Were you um, training and, and studying at the same time and all that sort of stuff? Did you learn your German uh, fluently and all that sort of stuff? And um, how was the, the level, I suppose, of training over there as a youth player?
8: Yeah, the level was good. So I was with the, um, the 19s for the, for the two seasons that I was there. The um, facilities are, are, are top, um, you know, especially for youth. Um, you had sort of like three different complexes, obviously with, with us on the 17s and 19s. Then you have first and, and 23s, which is reserves. And then you have 16s and, and younger. So, um, yeah, facilities were, were amazing You'd all in one sort of building. You have, you know, gym set up, um, change rooms downstairs. You have sort of cafeteria where the boys can eat lunch and stuff like that. And, and yeah, the level was, was, you know, re- re- really top you know obviously these boys are you know this is why Europe is the the sort of place you want to be really so mm-hmm. um
1: now did you yeah. ha- did you have your parents there or family there with you or were you you know living in a dorm with with other young players and how did you find the transition to living in Germany um you know as as a teenager as a youngster
8: yeah yeah it was really difficult um obviously going to a, a different country don't know the language and stuff like that it's it's very small as well. You'd expect Hoffenheim to be a a sort of bigger city because of, Mm. you know, how big the club is, but it's only got like a couple thousand people, you know, it's, it's very sort of small, very sort of like, you know, small town and stuff like that. And, um, now for the two seasons that I was there, I was, um, I went by myself. Mm. Um, and obviously it was, it was good for the first season because, um, and I was able to see my family sort of two, three times, uh, like every two or three sort of months they'd either come to Germany or I'd come I'd be able to come back home. But then um in the second season, because it was all cancelled, you know, with Corona and, and um, you know, restrictions and stuff, I was un- unable to come back home. They were unable to go to Germany. So, um, yeah, that, that was sort of a little bit difficult. But, you know, that's that's sort of football in, in a way. And you just, you know, sort of co- kind of got to deal with it.
0: Now, just uh, obviously on your time uh, you you said there that it's you know where you want to be in Europe playing for these uh, top clubs in Europe what was the reason for coming back um in, into into Australian football you know you just said there you're in you're in Germany you're playing for a big club in Hoffenheim in the yeah. in the uh, in the junior setup there uh what was what what drew you back to coming back to the A League apart from obviously family as well
8: Yeah I, th- I think yeah like you said just I mean, the main reason is just you know family and stuff like that you know obviously family is really important to me and um not being able to see them for at least a year was was very challenging um but also sort of just just a little bit mentally because obviously the season got cancelled um and we'll you know always you know we're we'll able to train and stuff like that having friendly games as well but then not being able to play season games which you know sort of didn't make any sense to me but um yeah just mentally it was, it was just very daunting it was like um it was put on me like it was a a sort of weight on my shoulders that i was just carrying Mm -hmm. for for a while and you know i sort of felt you know i just just feel like coming back home is the best option right now um just to sort of get my confidence back up Mm -hmm. Um, i'm gonna play some you know regular minutes um uh, as much as i can and then and then we'll go from there
2: now you've got Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll just go. Um, what's it like playing under uh, a national team legend uh, striker of uh, John Aloisi? Do you think he can yeah. help you um, individually improve your game as well as your function in the team as a striker?
8: Yeah, of course. Of course, he was unbelievable player uh, when he was, you know, obviously in his prime and throughout his whole career playing in Europe, um, national team as well. Um, you know, that that's sort of the main reason that I that I. John western united because obviously john being the coach there so i feel like i could i, I still can learn a lot from him
1: mm-hmm.
8: um and you know he can sort of be like a sort of mentor for me so i can i can yeah i can't wait for that
1: now speaking of mentors and getting advice from from people now you're you've got some rather famous cousins um who are a little bit older than you tommy Jodic, who's yes. uh obviously ex- soccer and Danny Juric is at Dinamo Zagreb they've been Croatian and, and they obviously went over there um, forged their path and you uh, know um, at a young age and the family moved to Croatia and and, and Tommy's now back in Australia and he's playing at M- MacArthur FC um were you able to you know tap into their their experiences their knowledge ask them for advice while you were over there in Europe
8: um yeah of course like me and um me and Tommy we're always, we're sort of, you know, on a, on a talking basis, we you know, we're always talking with each other, just sort of checking in and stuff. And um, when I told him maybe we'll, you know, looking to come back to the A-League, he said, yeah, yeah, um, you know, you got to do what, what you think is right. And, um, you know, he told me, go for it. He gave me a bit of advice, just, you know, just enjoy it, just work hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, and then, yeah, same with Danny, he's, he's a little bit more chill, sort of younger. So we don't really talk about football as much, we just sort of muck around a little bit, but, nice. um, <laughs> nah, yeah, it's a, it's a good laugh.
1: What was some of the best advice that either of them gave you um, as a young player? Um, you know, in, in a professional type of environment, whether it was in Germany or whether it's coming back over here.
8: Um, I think, like, mainly just just now, because obviously I'm progressing into into men's football. Um, Tommy just said, "Yeah, just just be yourself. Don't don't try and change anything about you."
5: Um, really interesting. Yeah.
8: And just sort of, just work hard, just work hard, enjoy it. Yeah.
0: Now you've had a couple of pre-season games um, over the last uh, week or so, a uh, couple against Melbourne City. Have you managed to get some minutes on on the field and uh, and get your legs going?
8: No, I'm actually I'm actually in quarantine because I just returned back from from Dubai <laughs> with the Olly Roos. Um So yeah, I was unable to play those play those games, but um, I saw the results. I think it was the first game was was 1-1 one, one, and then the second game was was 3-1 so um yeah um so where are you
0: where are you in quarantine to at home or hotel
8: no uh a hotel in in melbourne so i just got back okay. recently just about two days ago from and how long how long
0: have you got to be in quarantine for
8: two weeks
2: oh burma oh no are you uh, kicking uh, a ball against a wall in the hotel good. or something like that or have you have the guys organized a, a treadmill or something for you to keep you going or uh,
8: yeah 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 they've um they've organised to get a bike in so it just arrived today it's right next to me and then like sort of nice. a couple of weights and bands and stuff so yeah got to got to get something and got to stay the got to keep the fitness up
1: well, we oh we should have done I was going to say just quickly one, one on last the... <laughs> um
2: I oh, do you want to go mate
1: I was going to say we should have done the interview with you on the treadmill now that <laughs> would have been pretty
2: cool oh that would have been out. a good dynamic <laughs> uh, that could be a new thing for the show next <laughs> season maybe yeah
8: I can, get, I can i can face the camera. I can get on for a little bit if you want <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, that's fine. That's fine, Steve. Steve uh, you, you got one last question, Noah. Yeah. Just,
2: just one last one. Um, Noah, um, how would you describe yourself as a? What kind of striker you are?
8: Ooh, I, I get asked. I guess asked this quite often as well. So I, I mean, just a bit of, bit of overall, like a bit of, you know, a bit of everything. I'm, you know, good at using my body. I'm sort of, I'm like a sort of goal poacher. You know, I'm, I've got that sort of. Goal instinct, you know, want to like that killer instinct, you want to score and stuff like that, being the right um, positions at the right time. Um, and yeah, I mean, I reckon I got to work on my heading a little bit more, but you know, that that sort of comes over time with practice and stuff. But um, I know John will sort of help me um, in that area.
1: No doubt he will. Noah, wishing you all the very best, mate. Um, yeah, looking. <laughs> Not, not a pleasant place to be, the uh, uh, quarantine, but uh, wishing you all the best to get through it and, and um, yeah, clock up some Ks and, uh, uh, you know, maybe even a marathon or two on that
8: treadmill.
1: But uh, yeah, wishing man. you all the best for the
8: season ahead. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. All the best, Noah. Thanks for Good coming
8: on, you. Good on you. Cheers. Noah Bottich, new season recruit, off-season recruit
1: for... for um, for, for Western United, really looking forward. I think he's an exciting kid. I remember watching that World Youth um, Championships or the World Youth Cup, whatever it was, four goals in four games, and he would just look at the age of 17, he looked so potent up front. He was the real target man. And just, you know, a lot of people at the time were saying very reminiscent of a, you know, of a of a of Mark Viduka-style player, target man. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the kid goes this year, but uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, Craig, we've uh, let's move along. Who's going to be our next guest? Uh, we're going to have a little bit. We'll actually, bring that guest straight on. But uh, who is up next?
0: We've got. Uh, I think we've got the um, the legend of uh, of the Dulcet Tones of, uh, of commentating here in in, in Australia. In, in Simon Hill joins us, fresh yes. fresh from a from a from an early morning or a late evening. And stay up, I would imagine, watching his beloved Manchester <laughs> City demolish the red side of uh, of Manchester. How are you, Simon?
5: Hence why I've got the 1894, <laughs> in case you don't know what that is. That's you can't the actually year see it. Were you can't see it? No. Yeah, you uh, can. I can just say the top oh, of it. Oh, there, there it, it is. Go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> 1894, the year City were formed. So, yeah, no, very, very happy with last night's win.
1: Uh, Simon, now, look, uh, last time we spoke to you, um, you we've had you on the show quite a fair bit. So being our last show of the year, thank you so much for once again coming on the show. Um, But, you know, it was probably a little bit, you know, at at the time it was kind of like a little bit unknown, unknown what was going to happen. But since then a lot has happened. Um, You've become, you know, part of the uh, Channel 10 Paramount Plus team. Uh, Tell us who else is in that team. Who Who else can we look forward to seeing? On the, um, on the TV screen this coming um, A-League season, both for the men and women?
5: Well, I, th- I think you've probably met most of them already uh, through the international games that we've covered. So, uh, obviously, Andy Harper is uh, alongside me uh, in the commentary box. He won't be the only one. Um, there'll be others as well. Tara Rushton has also come across from Fox. Uh, we've got Neve Owens as a host. Um, we've got Georgie Yeoman-Dale we got Alex Brosk, uh, Mark Milligan, Bruce Jitte, Archie Thompson. Um, I've probably left a whole heap of people out, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, just, that's just a few of them. So they've assembled a team over the last uh, couple of months. And uh, obviously we're getting ready now for the start of the, uh, the A-League men's season. We have to say that these days because it's mm-hmm. the same for the women as well.
2: I uh, already gotten used to it already. I think um, last time I spoke to you, Simon, it was with Kevin Hillier on a pre-record for Bay FM two international windows ago, we were talking <laughs> about the soccer ruse. Now, um, obviously, coming off a loss against Japan last up, where we maybe didn't impress as much as we had previously. How do you see the team being placed leading into these two games against Saudi Arabia and China?
5: Well, I mean, to be honest, the game against Saudi is is absolutely crucial now because of the loss in Japan. Um, and Saudi Arabia are a dangerous side. Uh, We've seen that they've beaten Japan already in the group. Um, They've got a 100% record. So, you know, for them, they'll be looking at this trip to Sydney and thinking, well, if we can get the three points, we're almost over the line. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's a a big, big game for both teams. Um, There's a couple of selection issues. I'm sure you've seen the squad. There's no Aaron Moy. uh, There's no Tommy Rogic. I think there's a question mark over Martin Boyle as well because I think he was a close contact of... Uh, the little covid outbreak that they had at uh, Hibbs in Scotland uh, you know that's th- if he doesn't travel that that's three big players gone for Australia now that's not to say they can't deal with that but um yeah it's it's gonna be a tough game and the the bonus obviously for Australia is they're actually back on home soil uh, yeah. in front of what we hope is going to be a, a sellout crowd i think I think they've sold twenty four thousand tickets already for a thirty thousand capacity so it's you know it's going to be pretty, pretty close to being mm. full which is which is great and they're going to need those fans um because as i say saudi are a good side graham arnold described them as being a little bit chaotic um but they're dangerous they've got pace going forward. So a guy called yeah. Al Mualad on the right in particular and salam al-dosri is a a, a terrifically uh, talented attacking midfielder so they you know they've got good weapons saudi arabia um mm. And they can, they can beat Australia if, if if the Socceroos are not on their game. So it's it's massive this game. The game against China a little bit less so because I don't think, you know, China will pose quite the same threat. We saw that uh, in the first meeting between the two. And again, it's going to be played in the Middle East, not in China. So it'll be in an empty stadium. I don't think the Socceroos will have too many concerns about that. Uh, they used to playing in the Middle East. But uh, th- th- this game on Thursday is massive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yes um can't think uh michael long actually just uh put up that they're dirty though and that was one of the questions that actually i was going to bring in that the, they are gonna they, they, are, they are they are a physical side i wouldn't say they're dirty i'd say they're they're a physical side that you know um you know that the the, the, the soccer rules are going to have to be very mindful of that um but not to be overawed by them they like you said simon they, they're they 100 so they're not a tough side you think Saudi Arabia they yeah. know, who's Saudi but they are 100% record. Um it's going to be a tough game to them and you know given the game in Japan which probably wasn't the Socceroos well it wasn't the Soc- Socceroos best game of football that they've ever played they're going to have to they have to be on their on their guard uh, against the Saudis in a game that they can't afford to lose.
5: No doubt and um, you know you you think back to the game against Japan and really they were within a couple of minutes of getting a point away from home which would have been you know very very good results uh and all of a sudden it's 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 changed a little bit but mm. you know it wasn't catastrophic that defeat it's still uh for my money the, the toughest place to toughest away trip in asia um so you know it it puts a lot of responsibility on on the team on thursday night and you know the good news i've, I've talked about some of the players that are going to be missing but you know, they're going to get Matthew Lecky back. Jamie McLaren will be back. Adam Taggart's out as well. He's got an injury. Um, they're they're two good players to be able to bring into the squad, but they're a little bit short of of uh, match fitness, obviously because they're, you know, with Melbourne City. So they've yet to start their season. Um, so there, there's a few, um, you know, there's a few big talking points, uh, but the Saudis are very well coached by the French guy, uh, Hervé Renard, who I think is still the only man in history to win two African Cup of Nations with two different countries uh, which he did with Zambia and, and the Ivory Coast so you, <clears throat> you know the team are no mugs and, and neither is their coach um, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this one uh, plays out but you know Australia haven't lost a home World Cup qualifier uh, since 2008 and I don't expect them to lose on Thursday there you go. Right
1: yeah. Now turning attention back to the domestic game, um, Paramount Plus and, and Channel Ten. Um, at the moment, this week we've got a huge amount of um, um, FFA Cup games happening as well, um, and then the um, season coming up. What are you most looking forward to as as a commentator and being part of a new team? Um, what are you most looking forward to the the, um, the upcoming season, the A League season?
5: Well, all of it, really. I mean, obviously, I had a year where I, uh, although I was still Sort of working in football on the on the periphery, uh, I wasn't involved on a week by week basis, and I, I missed that. Mm-hmm. You know, going to mm-hmm. football stadiums, being around football people, having those conversations, catching up with people. Uh, you know, calling games in front of crowds, which obviously we haven't been able to do for a long time because of COVID. Anyway, uh, you know that that's as I've said before, that's not just my job; that's who I am. It's mm-hmm. it's part of my DNA. So you know, to to have that um, you know taken away for a year. Uh, was difficult to deal with um, because it's all I've ever done uh, in a work sense. And, and even before that, you know, when I was a kid growing up, going to watch football games every week, and all of a sudden I didn't have that. So it was it was like losing a limb in many ways. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to being involved on, on a weekly basis and, you know, just the cut and thrust of, of league football and, um, you know, looking forward to, okay, where am I going next week? You know, I already know my fixtures for the first uh, weekend and uh, yeah, it's exciting to you know to see uh, uh, which games I was going to do and, and being back involved in it. So I'm just looking forward to the whole experience really, and uh, you know hopefully we, we've got a lot of work to do uh, as a broadcaster and as a game uh, to get the league uh, men and women uh, you know back to where it should be because uh, we've we've fallen a long way over the last few years. So there's a lot of work ahead, and there's no silver bullet to success. Um, but we start the journey in uh, in a week or two's time. And, uh, you know, hopefully the fans will will come along with us and, and you know, have faith in us. We won't get everything right, you know, 100% from week one. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think people can rest assured when I've, uh, I've ta- talked about some of the names that are going to be involved. Mm. Uh, and I, I can assure you that Channel 10 and Paramount Plus are very committed, very keen. So we're, we're going to work as hard as possible to, you know, uh, get get this league uh, back to where it should be.
0: No, it's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned there about you know the, the 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 league has gone backwards over over the last few years, and I don't know whether you've uh, you've watched a documentary that's on um, I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime at the moment called Fever Pitch, which was is about um, um, Sky um, buying or or setting up the, the 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 Premier League as it is now back in 1990. 92, I think, and um, mm-hmm. how that all came about. And you know, the, the guy that was there was American, and they'd been into American, saw all the dancing girls and the fireworks at, at games. And, and we've spoken about that previously, but is this now the start of the new area of, of, of football here in Australia?
5: Well, I hope so. Um, I, I'm not sure we need dancing girls and, and bands. On they the look side very lines, nice, I have to, honest, to say. <laughs> Yeah, I think we put unfortunately, we probably moved past that era, Craig. Dancing
0: dancing Um, girls or bozo, which one?
5: (laughs) (laughs) It'd probably be (laughs) bozo. Yeah, look, I I think, I think football fans in this country, you know, that we we tried a lot of the gimmicks over the last few years. You know, I remember doing Star Wars rounds and Spanish (laughs) rounds. Remember that? that Remember that? Yeah, look, I I think all that, all that football fans want. I think they want an authentic competition. Um, you know, that's taken seriously. Uh, and a, a yes, and I'm going to add to that a second division because I've, I've said it all along. I still I think we need that and ultimately promotion mm-hmm. relegation. Just a proper, authentic, you know, football pyramid that people can support on its own terms. We don't need to pretend to be rugby league or Aussie rules or cricket. Uh, you know, we're our own sports. Um, the, the, the catchphrase a few years ago was we are football and we were supposed to be proud of it. Um, well, we we got to live that and and market to football fans first and foremost. Forget about the casual customer; they'll come along if the product is right, and you know we have the right noise inside the stadiums and everything else. Mm. Um, so it's it's about getting back to uh, to basics, I think. Really, um, you know, and, and getting on board the committed football person, because you know, and we've, we've spoken about this before, we all know lots of football fans who love the game, but they're not particularly committed with the A-League at the moment. Um, so, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've got, we've got to win those people first and then worry about the mainstream after that.
2: And Simon, uh, we are already out of time. It's gone so quickly, but um, just one more point I wanted to ask quickly. Sorry, that's because
5: I gibber too much.
2: My apologies. (laughs) Uh, We're guilty at our end too here. Um, How good was it being about calling a game game live in the stadium at those Matildas fixtures against Brazil? Um, And was there any particular funny story from calling games from a TV all those times that you had to do that for quite a while?
5: Any funny stories? Oh, few horror stories of uh, feeds going down and um, uh, you know yeah, we teams know not being delivered, uh, <laughs> so you don't know who's on the pitch. Yeah, I mean that's all part of it. Uh, I remember the game I did. Uh, the, one of the first games I did remotely was the K League game um, between John Book and I think it was All Sam, and I called that from my from my front room. Um, and I, I said to them before, you know, are the graphics all going to be in English? Because it was it was a K League production, uh, and they said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course they weren't; they're were all in Korean. So, <laughs> um, <and laughs> I don't, unfortunately, I don't speak Korean. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah so that it had its challenges. But you know, obviously, it's a it's a different way of working. And I think in the modern era, unfortunately, we're probably going to you know do it an awful lot more um, because it's tragically much much more cost effective than you know, sending us on on aeroplanes around the country and around the world to call games. It's not ideal. I I prefer to be in the stadium because you get the bigger picture and obviously, Mm -hmm. you you know, you have those relationships with people. But, uh, you know, it's just pure economics, unfortunately. That's that's the way of things.
1: Now, before we let you go, Simon, uh, we've got this blast from the past that we've managed to dig up that involves you and Steve. And uh, that's way back in... uh, Steve, where was that? Tell us a bit more about that photo.
2: Oh I don't know how you found that one, Tonchi. It looks like <laughs> it looks like something in Durban in two thousand and ten perhaps though, and uh it looks like it might have been a big night, but I think every night was a big night over there at that time. Was, like, I can't I, even I, see it. It. It, was, it it was definitely was told me it was a big night. <laughs>
1: Two very young blokes there and Steve carrying what, what, what appears to be, uh, I don't know, bourbon and coke or something like that in a can. It was or a can like of that. Uh,
2: black label from what I remember was what the beer was called in South Africa, yeah. There you <laughs> go. there was, you
5: go. Was that at the fan site, Steve? Was, it was that at the fan yeah. site in
2: Durban? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. happy go. memories.
1: There you go. Happy memories. Well, <laughs> well, from the past to the future, mate, we're wishing you all the very best for the season ahead. Really looking forward to it. And um, from all accounts, you know, Channel Ten so far have done a brilliant job. Um, let's hope um, this year is going to be a watershed year for the A League going forward. So we look forward to uh, hearing your dulcet tones again at the microphone. So wishing you all the best for the season ahead.
5: Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. No problem. Thanks, absolute, Simon. Thanks, Simon.
1: Ab- absolute pleasure. Simon Hill. He is, as someone did say, Michael Long or someone. He is the uh, the. He Martin truly Tyler, is. The Martin Tyler of, of Australian football. Yeah, absolutely fantastic to have him back on the airwaves. Gents, what a show it has been. For those, If you've just tuned, if you've just come out of a, under a rock and you've just tuned in, we have been speaking to Ernie Merrick, the legendary Ernie Merrick, who's now the ambassador for the Football Coaches Australia. We spoke to Western United CEO Chris Palavanas, Western United new recruit, Noah Botic and then just then um, with Simon Hill from um, Channel 10 and Paramount+. Plus. Now, we have still got one guest to go. Oh, you could say we've left the best for last, and uh, it is the president of the um, George Cross Football Club. Um, That is Mark Sultana. He'll be joining us very, very shortly. In the meantime, please um, stick around. We've got some important messages from some of our guests. Um, Don't go away, folks. Sport requires effort, sweat and strong will, and Macron knows it. A leading global company with Italian DNA in the production and sale of sportswear, when Macron first entered the sports world in 1971, it was a small yet strong player. Since then, Macron has been growing at a very fast pace, supporting teams, sportsmen and women at all levels, working hard to supply them with the best technical products to help improve their performances. With over 4 million pieces of stock available in our Italian warehouse and an extensive range of on-field, off-field and free-time products, we cater for everyone from amateurs to professional sporting organisations, even referees. Ranked third most prominent football brand by the UEFA, Macron keeps expanding its presence worldwide, including Australia, where we are currently proud partners of Perth Glory, MacArthur FC, Port Adelaide, and Parramatta eels and more to come. Work hard, play harder, Macron, your next team wear partner. For more information, visit our website at www.macronvic.com.au or call us on 1800 Macron.
3: Looking for a venue for your next event? Our function room at George's on Vista is the perfect place for your next special celebration. That special birthday or anniversary, A Baptism, Communion or Confirmation, whatever the celebration, we can provide a fun and enjoyable atmosphere with great food. Why not hold your next corporate event in our function room? We can seat up to 100 people and can provide you with a professional environment. Whether you're looking to hold a stand-up or sit-down event, we can cater to your needs. We have meal plans and platters for you to choose from. For more information, send an email to info at georgesonvista.com.au There's no better place out west to hold your next function than at Georges on Vista, 46 City Vista Court, Fraser Rise, Plumpton.
1: Welcome back to the Football Out West show. It's episode 80, and we're not far from drawing the curtains on. Year three, um, mate. It's been a, it's been a great um, uh, what's the word journey, Craig. This has been phenomenal. It's gone three years, and next year, our fourth year, when we hope to uh, air the hundredth uh, episode, sometime in twenty twenty two, is going to be a massive, massive year. But um, yeah, we've had some great guests this year. Well, uh, we asked Steve earlier, uh, what was some of his memorable moments of the year gone by? What was some of your memorable moments or memorable guests? Yeah, as I said
0: as I said earlier on so it's been that longer show Tonch. you've actually forgotten that the question was asked to me earlier on but I'll I'll say it again to you I think we've had um, we've had lots of good guests you know from from um, from uh, John Aloisi we've had obviously the Western United guys we've had Damien Rodin from, um, from from the UK we've had just so many many good guests coming on from from around the world you know we said and I, I've I've said it before and I'll say it again we started off Three years ago, as a three-three a show program, that's what we were going to do, and and here we are on on eighty um, on eighty shows, and and getting stronger. We said it was going to be a, stru- a show for the West, and we've tried to keep that, but of course, as as things uh, get bigger and, and you become better, um, you know, the guests become bigger and the, and, uh, and the show becomes better. So, you know, we've, we've updated all the graphics and we've done all the stuff behind the scenes this year to make it a lot more professional. And, you know, hopefully next year we can come back again and, and be bigger and better.
1: Well, um, you did say at the at the top of the show um, we would not be able to do this show if it wasn't for our valued sponsors, and um, and he is um, represents one of those valued sponsors, our major sponsor for the year. Um, absolute warm welcome to our, the president of the Caroline Springs George Cross, and a regular visitor on our show, Mark Sultana. Mark, um, you're looking very very smiley, very happy. Good to see you again, mate. Um, things are finally looking up um, on and off the field, as they say, aren't they? Yep,
9: they are. How are you? All good? Very
1: well. Nice jacket. Oh, wow. Yeah, lovely
9: jacket. Yes, yeah, um, Got the new logo. Yeah. It's a great uh great change and a great uh willingness to uh really get our brand out there. So um it's uh yeah, I can't believe it. It's three years and, and the 80th show. And um the sponsors be the sponsorship's been a great relationship and uh I'm sure it'll continue on and we'll uh be a voice for for all our soccer people out there in the west and and furthermore so um, no it's very enjoyable
1: well it might be yeah. our last show tonight but we're certainly looking forward to next year we're already starting the planning behind the scenes but uh mark um, as far as you know lockdown has finished and what you're not um, things are slowly coming back to normal um, obviously uh, as far as the club is concerned you know it's full steam ahead now for season 2022. Um, as we said, on and off the field. Tell us some of the exciting things that are happening at George Cross Football Club.
9: Uh, all juniors, um, Mini Roos actually had a, um, about 15 games today in-house, which was really good. Um, uh, trials, uh, oh, I don't like trials, but anyway, trials are happening and um, obviously this is, a, a again, a difficult period for... John, the new TD, Lisa, myself, and, and obviously the coaches that are all working through uh, appointing players and so forth. Um, and that's really exciting. The seniors are coming together on Wednesday night, which is really good. So that's uh, that's really positive. Um, uh, we've been managed to really recruit a really uh, young reserve squad this year. Um, and um, we'll be talking about some number of uh, announcements that will be happening in that space as well, which is gonna be really exciting. And and most of all, it's going to be our 75th year as a club. So um, we've got some really big announcements around that, and it's, you know a really really strong uh, strong feeling about looking forward to how we celebrate this 75th year at George Cross, and um, really reaching out to all the all the past and present and and all the fans out there to join us and really have a a strong party atmosphere at all our games because. Um, uh, it's been long enough now and i think it's really important that we um really join together and uh, and really party hard
2: um now mark how are you getting on uh personally and you're looking to take a little bit of a break at all any time <laughs> during the off season or are you urging your committee <laughs> to have a break and come back recharge <laughs> for 2022 perhaps or um <laughs> we just going to be pushing on through as uh, as we know how
9: um no no breaks at this point of time um <laughs> Uh, the, the great news is that I am able to go to Adelaide to see my wife since February, um, uh, on the 23rd of November, which is an r- unbelievable thing. Um, so well, I'm sure back I'll venture to on the 24th? Is it uh, well, yes, probably on the 25th, maybe, but um, we'll uh, I'm sure we can manage uh, without me for a couple of days. Um, we've got a great team behind us all, so but yeah, look, it's all strong. Look, you know, again, it, it look across everything. The government's been great. I mean, you know, you hear all the news about keeping hospitality staff and chefs and things like that. I mean, you know, God willing, everything's been great for us and and we've been able to keep this, cl- this club alive through COVID, which is remarkable really. I mean, uh, obviously everyone knows that uh, we, re- we actually have the facility under our full management uh, since the 1st of July and obviously, you know, people were worried about the news with- from Western United, but uh, Chris and, and Lisa and myself and Mel and and a lot of people involved there have really been trying to formulate how that relationship can actually get stronger and not weaker. And I think, you know, uh, I think it's been a great decision on behalf of both clubs to really, um, uh, you know, promote the NPL3 games with, uh, with both Victory City, you know, Western United, Preston. Um, you know, I was hoping to be in npl three we would a rival that would have um, been uh, West yeah. United and George Cross. You know what I mean. So, um, but again, look, we're strong and we'll stay strong. We've appointed a lot of good people at the club again. Um, a massive heart help, you know, heartfelt respect for for Lisa and Eric and and John and George Duro who who obviously moved on, but. Um, Look, you know, and there's difficulties around, you know, these trial periods, and, and I do get a little bit of the mark with the Maltese side of things and that, so we're dealing with those kind of things. And, that, you know, they're the reality of it as well. You know, you can't, you can't shy away from those issues as a president or as a club. So um, mm. uh, all I can say is, you know, mark my words, I'm trying to get myself across a lot of these issues at the moment to, to try and resolve them in the best way we possibly can. So... um uh, it's certainly not a disrespect to the Maltese community, let me tell you. I mean, you know, there was the announcement uh, that Ryan was leaving the club as well, and you know, there was comments about, you know, it's the last Maltese, uh, you know, player at George Cross. But look, and and, and as, as sad as that may sound, yep. it's certainly nothing. It's certainly nothing that we are pushing um, for that to be the language. But um, I've got to say to you, uh, you know, again. Uh, we're very much across it and very much trying to understand how we can make it work for all of our Maltese communities that really join our clubs.
0: Now, one of the things that um, obviously from from a club's point of view is City Vista, the Bistro and and the bar area. And, Mm. you know, one of the things that was postponed back earlier in the year was the last man standing, which, Um, Got postponed about three times, I think three separate Mm -hmm. dates uh, got mentioned, and uh, Mm -hmm. that's now back on for the end of end of this month on the twenty seventh. So, will you uh, you be back in attendance for
9: that? Yes, I will be, mate. I've got to um, I've got to tell you, it's um, it's really about having parties at the moment. I've um, seriously want to enjoy the club for what it was. Um, I think we're very good at hosting parties as a Maltese community. I can let you. uh, We all love dancing and having a good time, so. Um, that's a really good thing about bringing all the club together. We've obviously got uh, a number of functions that are happening at our club. Our big Christmas party is going to be back on too, which is great. Um, you know, Western United always provide their their inflatables and things like that, so we do make it a really party atmosphere as well. And, look, you know, again, it's been two years and the fact that we've opened up um, and, again, I know there's going to be some issues in in relation to around... Uh, vaccinations and non-vaccinations, but at the end of the day we'll work through that as well. but we just want to go get together and just give each other. you know me, I love to hug people, so um, <coughs> you know just about giving each other a good hug and 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 welcoming everybody back. like I said, there's going to be many issues that we're going to have to deal with, but I think we've got a strong enough leadership group with amongst the, all, you know all parts of our football departments and not only that but the bar and the bistro and the sports club and also just through the general management of that uh, wonderful club, I think, is uh, there's a lot of support around and, you know, we all appreciate that. And I I definitely appreciate it and respect it immensely. I mean, three years I was asked to take over this club and, my God, we've had COVID pandemics. We've had, well, I, I, look, I, I, to be here today talking about George Cross is an honour and, um, yeah, we're custodians of this wonderful club and, uh, you know, again, I hope and and, and willingly to... To see this club get back to where it needs to be and look we haven't stopped fighting for yep. for that uh, understanding in relation to uh, from state 110 pl3 and and there'll be a bit around that as well but uh, that's probably not the night to to go on about that's about to celebrate our relationship with football out west and our relationship with all the fans that i've uh, come to meet and listen and read whilst we've been hosting this show so again a huge huge appreciated love for all of you thank you
1: Mate, uh, certainly in answer to Steve's question, there is no chance that you're going to have a quiet off season <laughs> after all of that, Mark. Once again, on behalf of all of us here um, and all of our, all of our supporters and all of our fans, a mas- massive, massive, thank you to 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 yourself and to George Cross Football Club for your support this year. We really do look forward to next year. Um, but but you know. Um, I guess one thing I would like to ask you that it has been put a little bit on the back burner, and Simon Hill uh, earlier tonight did mention about the national second division. Hmm. Has there been any movement with regards to that? Um, the national second division, or you know, now that things look like being normalised, is the next step? You know, in view, is it is is it in sight?
9: Oh, look, I think that again, the formulation of the actual um, how the season will be executed is. is is still being worked on. Um, again, yeah. look, it's a very interesting space. I mean, it has to happen. How it happens is another mm. another massive question for all of us. But, again, we just need to support each other. Look, I think if anything that um, I've learnt through obviously trying to negotiate with Football Victoria in regards to the decisions that they made uh, is that uh, probably how disunited we all are um, publicly. I mm. think... We've really got to understand what the United Football Group was able to do and really understand that uh, we do need to create a voice and not in angst or anything like that either. There's going to be, you know, people are going to say if we um, uh, do go illegal that there'll be issues and around that and, how, could, you know, why would you say that, Mark? But look, again, sometimes when you're forced into a corner because you don't get to be heard um, is, you know, a, a, again, a detriment to what's about to happen really. But, again we've all just got to be really united and really support the process that happens with NSD I think not everyone's going to be happy um, the formulation of the the actual funding of it's going to be very interesting uh, we certainly have to back it around uh, TV rights and so forth Simon Hill coming on board with paramount I think is a great great asset for us right. to be able to really engage with somebody that understands who we all are and what you know, what parts of football have failed. So I think that's a really, really uh, great relationship that this program has been able to formulate, not only for myself, but for all of our football fans. Um, uh, Again, I think we just need to settle down as a code. I think we need to send the right messages. I think we haven't done a great job of that at uh, at late, but, um, you know, we've got to understand that we've got to start somewhere. And hopefully we can all land together. I mean, when you think about the decision that was made not only the impact of the football club but the impact of the sponsors i mean you know and the fans and the families and the kids and and just just general life in a football club don't worry about all the execution of all the bars and the bistros and the games and the you know if you know pointing coaches and all that kind of thing but you're nothing without your supporters you're nothing without your sponsors and you're certainly nothing without support so I think Football Victoria missed a real good opportunity to sort of really band together in that part. But if people like myself and people like uh, Zach and David and Lou and um, Peter, uh, if we can formulate a relationship to sort of give ourselves a, a real strong voice about what's good for all of all of the code and not just good for our personal clubs. So um, yeah. I think there's a lot there's a lot that we've learned, and again, we've opened up. Um, uh, it's time we gave our sponsors uh, uh, again, you know a real good big. Thank you and that um, You know again our fans and our children Everyone's two years older and I don't think you can add up a full season yet with you know with the amount of football we've lost in two years, so um, But uh, again shows like this. I don't know what I'll be doing yep. on a Sunday night these days I'll probably be at the club trying to formulate our next uh, our next plan to execute and hopefully um it's the right decisions for everyone, but again, like I keep saying, you know, you've got a, a huge thanks to, to Lisa, and um, you know, again, it's uh, she's she doesn't stop. Neither does the board. Um, very strong in in deciding how we, how strong we want our women's program. There's so much going on; it's ridiculous, honestly. I I, I spend um, I spent my uh, Sunday today dealing with. Some issues that um, are very challenging again around our community. So um, yeah. uh, you know, you, you feel the highs and you certainly feel the lows, but you're sort of going to land in the middle. So um,
1: yeah, absolutely. It's, it's
9: it, and it's important we surround ourselves with really good, positive people. And I think this is what this show does for so many of us. It's always positive. You know, we always give a broad look at, at so many parts of football, and it's you know, three gentlemen get together and have a chat to to the you know the football world so um again it uh, don't underestimate what you do for this game and what you do for all of us guys it's uh, it's extremely important on on that craig did you want to say any last
0: words no, I, I, I just, like I said, uh, thank Mark for, for his time. He was one of the first guests we had a long, mm. long time ago, now three years ago when we were down with FNR in the studio there. And uh, mm. um, thanks to FNR who, who supported us uh, certainly in the early days. And yeah. um, it's gone from strength to strength. And uh, like I said, I've, I've kept saying, if it wasn't for the club, yourself, uh, Lisa, we wouldn't be able to do the show. So, um, you know, I, I suppose on behalf of everybody that listens, Mark, and, you know, we've had mm. some massive listenerships over the last couple of weeks. A big mm. thank you and, and, mm. and George for, for supporting us.
9: Look, you know, you sit back and you tell your kids and everyone that wants to join your football club that you need to take a leap of faith and believe in what we do. Well, uh, you guys uh, came and uh, visited me at, uh, at City Vista. I'll never forget that at the, at the sports bar. And we sat down and said, you know, how can we make this work? And, um, mm. you know, again, from that day on, it hasn't stopped um, again. I used to say I'm not really the right person to be the president, but I'm certainly learning that I'm uh, probably the best fit at the moment to, uh, <laughs> to really understand what the yeah. hell is going on because it's yeah. been a, a very wild roller coaster three years, let me tell you. It's uh, certainly Fair. book writing material.
1: And as you say, there's the highs and the lows, and you sort of got to land somewhere in the middle. And I'm sure that will continue. But uh we are all looking forward to it, excitedly looking forward to a big 2022 and hoping that the whole season will will, will be done in its entirety. Mark, on, on, on that note, thank you so much and uh wishing you all Absolute the very pleasure. best. Absolute
9: pleasure and thank you for everyone to listen. It's uh it's been a lovely time. We'll see you all uh Bright and early next season, so uh, come to Georgie's and I'm love to have dinner with you all. So and a big ahead. hug from, and a
1: big hug from you as well. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Thanks, Solvano, Mark. The president of the uh, Caroline Springs George Cross Football Club, a gentleman and a scholar, as they say, an absolute legend of a man. Um, and to all of our comment, uh, everyone who's been watching. To everyone that's been involved in the show, um, either you know the, the 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 what's the the loud minority, the ones that are on the comments, but also the um, um, the the silent majority who are at home tuning in, listening to. And um, uh, Craig, I, you know, you were telling me the other day you 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 spin out sometimes when you get stopped by someone who says, "Yep, I'm a regular yeah. listener, regular viewer of the Football Outwear Show." Um, it's just an an amazing. Feeling for me personally, I don't know about you guys. That that you, we do um, inject so much positivity to, um, on a weekly basis, talking about football, um, yeah, the game we love.
0: Yeah, we do, Tonsha, And I think you know, just going back to Mark there. You know, I suppose I've seen it firsthand um, over the last uh, month or so. Um, obviously, being involved in the club now, just how hard he works. He's there every day of the week. Um, obviously, his family is uh, is in 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 Adelaide, um, so he's at the club. Um, the stresses of of his own business and trying to run a football club is is immense, as we all know. Um, but he does a fantastic job up there, and uh, you know, for like he said, for someone who's not a shouldn't be a president of a football club, he does a bloody great job. So, mm. um, um, but yeah, look just as you just said then you know people that stop you they've sort of recognized now that we we're, we're on the show and we've done it i've had a few people over the last couple of weeks months you know just saying Sid, that's a great show you know keep doing what you're doing it's it's great to see that there's a there's a voice for people you know the one thing that we really like to to have is is i suppose more interaction with with our our listeners on the phones and and those phone ins but look uh, gradually that will come as uh, as michael om comes out of his uh, shy retiring type and um, i'm sure he will be there uh, <laughs> He'll be more vocal next year, but it's a look. It's it's been great, great three years. Um, this season in particular has been fantastic, although it's been very, very hard for us all. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think now we're all ready for a for a bit of a break, uh, reset, and then hopefully come back uh, bigger and stronger in uh, in the new year.
1: Yeah. Now, Steve, thank you very much. Um, personally for for coming on board as well, and um, towards the latter part of the season, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show
2: um and yep, um, yeah and thanks thanks for having us guys and thanks so much for everyone in the comments and as you say everyone at home who's Outside the comment space as well, we uh, really do appreciate it. So many nice comments coming in tonight, and uh, absolutely, I think um, to to thank um, Kate for putting up with me uh, going off and doing <laughs> this show every Sunday night. Um, promise to take her to Georgie's for a nice meal. It looks like Clint might want to join us as well by what he's putting <laughs> yeah. in the comments too. So yeah. um, we'll definitely do to that, and then We'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, all uh, get together up at Georgie's one yeah. night and um, I you know, think make he's your.
0: your-
1: I think he's your number one fan. Clint Newton um, is, um, Steve. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, but, uh, there's a few hype men. Brent Center might have some claims as being the number one hype man still, but, uh, yeah, Clint's been pretty good in the comments tonight.
1: Yeah, apart from all of our guests as well, a big thank you to all of our guests, too numerous to mention. Just a couple of um, uh, words about our sponsors over the years. Obviously, uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross, our major season sponsor. Uh, We've also had some great support from Principal Signs, Sunbury Indoor Sports, um, Paul De Blasi, CMF Soccer Coaching. We've also had um, Guzman Finance, Andreas Guzman, um, Hands for Hire as well. Um, So to every one of those, thank you so, so much. And to um, anyone who has been a member, either sporadically throughout the years. Macron, how can I forget? Macron and Giacomo Karuli came on towards the latter part of the season as well to all of our sponsors, especially to Vladimir Zetovic, who has remained a member all year. Um, Members have come, members have gone, but he's remained all year. So thank you very much to them. Uh, Gents, we will catch up, no doubt, uh, surely in the next few weeks to start planning for next year. But um, until then, I thank you to absolutely everyone. And, um, yeah, cheerio until middle of February next year.
0: Cheers, guys. Thanks for your support. Good
1: Night. night.